0: Good evening. We are discussing the halachas of Hanukkah and we need to continue. We have this week and then perhaps in two weeks time, which is the Monday, the first night of Hanukkah, we'll finish off some of the relevant halachas. Tonight I want to discuss some of of the halachas which are pertinent to, which are pertinent to Lighting, where we light and how we light. And some halachas are relevant to women, particularly with regards to the days of Hanukkah. So let's continue where we left off in the end of the previous year, where we we're discussing the lights and the, the wicks and the oil, etc. of Hanukkah. And let's rediscuss it. I'm not sure if we did discuss it at the end of the year or not, but we need to, to just do a little bit of recap on the place where one lights. Where is the correct place to light Hanukkah? And the Gemara tells us as follows. The Gemara says, "Ne mm-hmm. the light of Hanukkah, mitzvah pesach And again, I'll give you the same introduction as we must have mentioned in the previous year, and we'll mention it again probably next year, because it's the most fascinating thing when it comes to Hanukkah. Uh, the mitzvah of Hanukkah, be it a mitzvah drabonon, is extremely complex in in the sense that it has very little clarity. Every Angle of Mitzvahs Hanukkah is given to dispute, unclear and practically unclear, and that's why you find a huge range of Minhagim, huge range of Minhagim with regards to Mitzvahs Hanukkah. Where actually do we light the Menorah? As we're going to see when we continue to discuss it, is unbelievably diverse throughout Klal Yisrael. But the Gemara tells us that the Mitzvah of lighting in their Hanukkah is Al-Pesach Beisoy Mi-Bachutz, the entrance to his home, outside. And there's a, a discussion in the Rishonim, Rashi and Tosavus has a discussion as to what do we mean when we, dis- when we say Pesach Beisoy Mi-Bachutz. Now, if you understand how houses were built in the time of Chazal, and they were built like this until recent times, and in Europe you still see some of the Concepts that were existed in the time of Chazal. Houses were built in what was known as courtyards. So you'd walk into a chotzer in Yerushalayim. You have them, and in Europe you have them. You walk into a central gate, a central door into a chotzer. That chotzer will have offered a number of houses, so that the house door would actually open up to a chotzer, and the chotzer would open up to the street. The street would then open up to a main street, and that's why we have the idea of houses onto chotzeris, chotzeris onto muvois, a move onto HaRabim. And so that's the way houses were built, and they are very much built like that in many places around Europe and in Eastern You still have some of the old remnants of the old chateers, but batevajeva, Bate and, and many different chateers, uh, many different courtyards, which uh, are still active today, particularly in Meshorim and the other side of Yafa, etc. So the question is, what do we mean when we say al Pesach be'soy mi bachutz"? Pesach Beisoy is in the Chatzah. The door of his house is going to be in a courtyard. Mi implies that it's outside. So what exactly do we mean when we say Pesach Beisoy Mi bakchutz? Rashi therefore takes on that Pesach Beso means the house door, the door of the house. Mi means that when it's opens up, not to a chutzah but to a Rishusha then you have to light it in the Rishusha but, but primarily you light it at the house door, the door of your house. And if it's inside the chutzah then you light it at the door of your house, opening up to a Chatzah. The Torah disagrees, and Torah says that the bachutz is the most important element of this halacha, and it has to be mi bachutz. So if your house opens up to a, to a chotza, then that chotza opens up to Rishasarabim. You light it at the entrance of your chotza, the entrance of your courtyard, to the Rishasarabim. A huge discussion how we pass it in halacha. Shulchan seems to pass it like Torah that you light it at the entrance of your courtyard to the Rishasarabim, not at the entrance of your house to the courtyard. Though the Mishnah and the Mishnah B'ro, the B'halacha calls a whole list of Rishonim who follow in the opinion of Rashi. And therefore you will find practically people today who will light inside by the entrance of the door to the, the Chatsa. And you will find people who light at the entrance of the Chatsa to the Rishon Sarabim. So if you walk around the Yerushalayim of today where it's safe to light outside, you will find many people lighting at the entrance to the Car park or the chotze or the passageway that takes you to the, the actual door of the block of flats. You'll find many people who light by the door of the block of flats. Or you'll find many people who actually light at the door of their house, of their flat to the stairwell. Because that's where the unclarity of halacha is again when it comes to Hilchas Hanukkah. Do we light outside? By the Sheser Abim, as Taser says, do we light by the house door? And what exactly is the outside to the Shusharabim? What exactly is the house door? Are all controversial, and therefore you will find enormous diversity amongst the practice in those people who are lighting outside. We in, in Chutz Laaretz do not light outside because the Gemara tells us what would happen if a person lives in a second floor. He doesn't have an entrance to the Rishosarabim, or he doesn't have an entrance to his Chatzah, depending on how you learn, according to Rashi But he's not able to light by a door. So the Gemara tells us he should light by a window. Now, interestingly, lighting by window is also controversial in the context of whether we light inside by the window or we light outside by the window. Because the wording of the Gemara is that he should light by the chaloim ha-pesuach Sarabim, by the window which is opened up to a public domain. And there's a discussion in the Rishonim. Do you light inside the the window or do you light outside of the window? Like, according to the verse, we light outside of the door. And that's, again, a discussion. But here in Chutzlar, it's where we don't have the ability to light outside because we consider it a Sakana, And the Gemara tells us, in a case of Sakana, you may not light outside. But if it's in a case of where you can't even light by the window, then you, you leave it on your table and you light inside. So we end up with three places that the Chazal give us to enable us to light, one is outside, which is a discussion of what the outside means. One is by the window, which is another discussion what the window means. And one is inside on the table, which we're going to come to in a moment, is also a discussion what exactly that means. And therefore, in S.R., where they feel it's safe to light outside, they will light outside with all the controversy that surrounds it. We who don't feel it's safe to light outside will light inside, but we will light at the window. Because we can't light outside of the window, but we can still light inside of the window. So at least some element of Hesume to the outside world can be fulfilled. We fulfill that. Whether that's correct in the context of the Gemara or not is debatable. But that's become an accepted mimic here in Chutzlars that we light inside by the window. And there are others who disagree with the whole first two opinions that we've discussed just now and they say that nowadays that we're in Gollus whether you live in Etsy Yisrael or you live in Chutz Laaretz, it's irrelevant, you light inside at your table and inside at your table means inside not at the window and not at your door, exactly where you light inside we'll discuss in a moment, so we end up hearing, having three different opinions in what practically we should be practicing nowadays should we be lighting at the door, should we be lighting at the window, should we be lighting inside and the variations of lighting at the door, and the variations of lighting at the window, and there's going to be variations of lighting inside, and we end up with a very non-unified klalisro with regards to the placing of yomim naya. And that's as we said before, Chanukah is the mitzvah of gollus. It's the mitzvah which represents gollus. That's what it is. It's gollus mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that is done and represents and signifies, and was triggered by the gollus of klalisro. And therefore, in its very practice, how we practice it is also an element of Golos. And there's a lack of clarity, and therefore that diversity that we find in The Gemara the, the Gemara tells us that when we light at a door, when we light at a door, one should light opposite the mezuzah, so that when you're standing in front of your door from the outside, because the Gemara says, mi you place it on the outside. So when you're standing outside, you should have your mezuzah on the right and you should have the menorah on your left. So you, the menorah will be standing at the doorpost opposite the mezuzah and the shilters adds, and the man st- stands in between the two wrapped in his talis. Presumably he means his he is wrapped in his tzitzes and we now have a completion of mitzvahs. So, you mi, mezuzah mi yamin, the Menorah Mishmoil and the Talis BeEmtzar. That's how the Tzuras Hamitzvah. That's how the mitzvah of Menorah should should be carried out and should look. Mizuz on the right, Menorah on the left, and man wearing sits in the middle. If we light at the window, we can't fulfill that because we're not lighting at the door. But if we light inside, nowadays those who do light inside, or in historically when we had to light inside because lighting outside was a sakama. The Maril adds that then we should also light at the door. We shouldn't be lighting on the table, as the Gemara seems to imply, but we should be lighting at the door to be able to fulfill this concept of Mitzvah Hanukkah, that the Mizuzah is on the yamin, the Menoyah is on the left, and the man standing with his talis is in the middle. Therefore, the Maril says nowadays, those who light inside, or in his days when everybody lit inside, you should be lighting inside at a door. And therefore, you'll find many people who light inside nowadays, particularly Hasidim, who do not light at the door or do not light at the window and they light inside, but they will be lighting at a door inside. So you walk into the home and that entrance to their front room, there'll be a menorah on the left hand side of the, of the door. Menorah, one menorah, two menorah, minayur, three menorahs to fulfill this halacha of mezuzah be yamin and the menorah besmau. The menorah needs to be lit more than three tefakim from the floor. So that's, according to Chaim Not, 24 centimeters above the floor. According to 30 roughly centimeters above the floor. And again, this is talking about somebody who's lighting at a door, inside or outside. Then the natural place to put it would be on the floor in the doorway. But the Gemara tells us, no, it's got to be three Tafachim above the floor. Because if we leave it on the floor, it doesn't look like you're lighting it for a mitzvah. It looks like you're lighting it for your own personal use. And therefore, we have to have it more than three Tafachim above the floor. But below lechatchila below tenth fachim, again for the same reason below tenth fachim. The Gemara proves it from a very interesting case. The Gemara says that if anybody's ever walked through the Koda in in Yerushalayim in the the old city, you'll know uh, there's a road there that shows you how the shops and the street looked in the Roman times and the time of the Gemara and you'll see this road, slightly bigger than sixty numbers, which is the width of Arusha Sarabim, with little indentations in the wall where shops used to be. And the Yomar tells us if the shopkeeper lit his menorah at the entrance to his shop on the street, which is where he would have to light it because you have to light it, and the camel walked by and was laden with, with straw, and the straw caught light from the Manchanika menorah and it lit... Some of the houses or the shops that were in the street, the camel owner is responsible, not the owner of the shop who lit outside, because the person who lit outside, well, this is machleks in the Gemara. And the Rebu in the Gemara says that the, the owner of the shop is not responsible because he had permission to leave it there because he was fulfilling a mitzvah of Ne'er Hanukkah, where the place for Nech is outside. And the Gemara said, well, why is he not responsible? Why didn't he leave it? all the way up above the height of a camel. He should have put it on a pedestal or attached it to the wall above the height of the camel. And it's still outside, and he would have fulfilled his mitzvah of Hanukkah. And the like Gemara says, from here we see that the mitzvah of Hanukkah has to be below tenth Fochim, so he cannot raise it above the height of the camel. And that is why the camel is responsible. He has to know the night of Hanukkah is going to be walking down a street a, a public domain where there's people lighting menorahs outside he has to take caution to make sure that his flax his wheat his straw whatever it may be doesn't catch light and if it does then he is responsible but there we see for the Gemara it's got to be within three and 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 below 10. you can light it above 10 as well all the way up until 20 amas high 20 amas high is roughly a four-story building the reason why it has to be within twenty amos is because we know that the person does not look up above twenty amos. The person only looks up within twenty amos. He will not notice something which is above twenty amos high. And therefore, if he leaves his menorah above twenty amos, he will not be fulfilling the criteria of pisum of publicizing the nest of Khanika because the menorah will be too high. Therefore, it has to be ideally between three and ten him and but the above ten him below twenty amos. So somebody who lives in a a story, a uh, block of flats, where he hasn't got the ability to light at the entrance to the flats, wherever the reason may be, and he has to light in his window of his flat, he has a problem, because lighting in the window of the flat is irrelevant to the person down below. He's never going to notice that Manoya 20 hours high. So then for him, it may be superfluous to light at the window, because the window is not a position that's relevant to him, unless... There's, for example, a hill outside his home, even at a distance, where if somebody standing on top of that hill will be within 20 hours and then can see his manorah. Or, according to the chazanish, if there's another block of flats opposite, where there's people on an equivalent floor or a floor below, that when they look out the window, they will be able to see up and see his manorah, then maybe there'll be a, a Pissu In that case, lighting at the window may be okay. It may be the right place to light because you are be able, you, you will be able to fulfill the, the necessity of being fast in the nest or publicizing the nest. We who light a window, then the three tefakh the ten tefakh are not relevant. What we really need to do is make sure that our can be seen from the street. And if it's above ten tefakh from the ground, it's above ten tefakh. There's nothing we can do about it. It's more important that our is visible from the streets so that we fulfill the Pisum in the to the public outside. That then our menorah should be within three or ten. The three or ten is primarily for somebody who's lighting outside at the door, or inside for the Hasidim who are lighting in the doorway inside. They need to be careful to make sure that the menorah is three tefachim above the ground and within ten. So again, that gives you a bit of an understanding to the different minhagim and the different uh, the, the, the diversity that we have within just where we light the menorah. Where do we exactly we light the minoya? A Huge diversity. Because Hanukkah is the Mitzvah of Golos. The Zeman the time for lighting. And if you thought where we light is diverse and controversial, what time should one be lighting is extremely diverse and controversial. Chazal gave us a baseline for when we should be lighting. And they said that the menorah should be lit, Mishatishaka hachamo at at minhashuk, From sunset until the feet stop walking around the the marketplace. And the Gemara explains that the the feet walking around the marketplace means what we call regle tarmuddoi. Tarmudoi were a type of person that would remain in the marketplace after the market is closed, selling wood for firewood. And that was how they made the panasa. And they would remain afterwards so that when people go home after the market and see that they haven't got enough firewood to keep the the house warm for the night, they would then come back to the market and buy wood from these tarmuddoi. They were the last people to leave the public domain to leave the marketplace and to go home. They are the ragle <coughs> tarmadoi. The lights of Hanukkah need to be lit from Mishatishaka Ahama from sunset right away through till achatichla harego Minashuk, till the ragle go home. The yushainim seem to understand that to mean roughly a half an hour. However, we need to understand what do we mean when we say Mishatishaka Ahama from the sunsets. What is sunset? So some understand sunset to be how we understand sunset, the same sunset that when you look up on your telephones, what is the time of sunset, that's when the sun drops below the horizon that's what we call the first point of sunset, some people call that Mishet Shaka Hama, if that's the case you should be lighting at sunset others say Mishet Shaka Hama means 15 minutes roughly before nightfall so if nightfall is at Five o'clock, then quarter to five will be sunset. If nightfall is quarter to five, which is roughly is around Hanukkah time, 20 to five, then Mishiti Tishakacham is 50 minutes before that. And some say it actually doesn't mean sunset, it means nightfall. So in sunset, we have a discussion what sunset is. Others say it doesn't even mean sunset, it means nightfall. And it has to burn half an hour from nightfall. What's called Seisak Chavim is also a huge discussion. Is Seisak Chavim the way we Calculate Seis which is roughly seven degrees and five arcs of a, of a degree below the horizon. When the sun drops seven degrees and five arcs of a degree below the horizon. That's how we keep it in our shul. Other people keep it eight degrees below the horizon. Other people say it's 72, 72 minutes below the horizon or 72 minutes equal across the year from sunset, from the first sunset till nightfall. Others say it's 16 degrees below the horizon. We have a huge range of opinions of what exactly is sunset. Or, or I should say, what exactly is nightfall? If that's the case, we end up now with a number of opinions when you should be lighting your Chanukah lights. Some say you should light it at Shkia. Those who follow the custom of the Gro, the Minik Gro, they will light at the first Shkia. So it's almost still daylight out. They will be lighting the Chanukah lights. Minik Ashkenaz was to light with Seisake Chobim. Which Seisake Chobim? Our Seisake Chobim. Roughly around hour, our our Chobim. Others say, no, you should light 15 minutes. Roughly 50 minutes before nacht. And others say so you should be lighting Rabbeinu Tam's nacht. Whichever Rabbeinu Tam's nacht is. So you end up again, if you walk around Klal if you could be a little fly, or bird, flying around on top of Klal in different countries at the same time, you will see a huge diversity when the Hanukkah lights are lit. You go to Yerushalayim, you walk around Yerushalayim, you'll see some people standing outside at Shkir, some people standing outside just after Shkir, some people standing outside no, at, at Nacht, some people standing outside long late, long after Nacht, lighting their, their lights, a huge diversity in exactly when the lights need to be lit if you are going to follow the minute of lighting at Nacht then there's another halacha that comes into play here you have now a contradiction in front of you should you be lighting your candles or should you be going down to down Mary first, which one takes precedent, should I immediately light my candle, Hanukkah candle because that's really the time Misha Tishaka according to that opinion, means nightfall. So I should be lighting my candles at nightfall. Or do I say no, Mariv comes first? And here that tells us, Chavasraim tells us that Mariv should come first for two reasons. First of all, Mariv should come first because the Mitzvah's Krishma is a Mitzvah de That's a biblically commanded Mitzvah, and that takes precedence over a Mitzvah drabonon. And secondly, we have a rule of Tadir, Visha'e no Tadir, if I have two mitzvahs in front of me, one's more regular, more common than the other, the more regular one takes precedent. And we double a mariv every day, 365 days of a year. We only light Hanukkah lights eight days of a year. And therefore the mariv is tade, tade v'sheino, tade, tade, kodam. And therefore we have to double a mariv first. If you light 15 minutes before nacht, or if you light at shkia, then you light first. If you light after Nacht, when you dive Mariv, you light later. But if you're lighting at Nacht, then you have this contradiction of Mariv versus Hadlockus Nevis. Mariv takes precedence. The lights need to be lit. At Shatechala Rego Minashok. Ad Shatechala So they have to be lit until the last people leave the Shuk, the marketplace, which in terms of Chazal was half an hour after, and that's become accepted as half an hour after nightfall, the lights should be, remain alight. Now, that leaves us a little problem. What is half an hour? When do we start the half an hour? Do we start the half an hour from Shkir? If you take Shkir to be the time of lighting, do we start half an hour from 15 minutes before Nacht? Do we start half an hour from Nacht? Or do we start it from a brain of times nightfall? Where is this half an hour? Whatever the half an hour is, you need to have your lights lit for half an hour. The medachtekim, those who are careful, will leave the lights lit until half an hour after the latest zman hadlaka, roughly uh, uh, half an hour after seventy-two minutes, which is uh, about an hour and a, an hour and a half from shkia. So uh, if you're lighting at nightfall, it's probably about forty-five minutes from nightfall, our nightfall. But half an hour from when you when you pick the zman or when your minute of the zman of hadlaka is, that's really the iked Nowadays, where those who light inside and in the time of the Rishaynim, when nobody lit outside because of Sakona, then the time of the Regal Hashuk is not relevant. Therefore, one can light all the way through until the household go to sleep. And that's where you find many Hasidim will come home late and light late. And therefore, for for us, if somebody comes home from work late, is not able to light on time, at the time which is ideally... Nacht or Shkia or whatever time is his Minach, then he should continue to light as long as there's people walking around the street or as long as there's people in his household who are still awake. Once he gets past that time and there's nobody walking around the street and there's no one in his household who is still awake, then he should still light as long as it's before Alois, but without a broche. What's interesting is, I don't know if anybody has a, a bit of memory of the old Yerushalayim. The old Yerushalayim used to have on Rechov Yishayahu. On Rechov uh, Yishayahu, if anybody, if you stand at Kika and you face up, not down to Rechov you face up to Rechov Strauss on your left, Rechov Yishayahu on your right, and you take the right hand forward, Rechov Yishayahu, and you walk up the hill, as you get towards the top of the hill, there'll be a little road on your left called Ruchov Press. I'm very familiar with that area because on Ruchov Press is where the Briskarov used to live. And that's where Yeshivas Brisk is today on the same, same place as the Briskarov's house was. So he lived two houses into Ruchov Press. So anybody walking down Ruchov Yeshayo will be able to see his lights being lit, his, see his candles lit at his window or his door, wherever he lit. If you walk a bit further up Ruchov just to where the hill flattens out, you get to a big building on the left, which is not exist, doesn't exist anymore, but it did exist when I learned in yeshiva, still existed, and you come to a building that was known as the Edison Cinema. The Edison Cinema was a famous landmark in Yerushalayim for the simple reason that it was extremely controversial. It was open on Shabbos, and it represented the left-wing element of Eretz right in the heart of the right-wing domain. And it was the scene of many, many, many different protests. Shabbos for the whole concept of cinemas. But it stuck out right the way through until about 30 years ago, maybe a bit less. When uh, I was in Etzreuth, it was still an active cinema. And the B'sgrob therefore held that even though the primary halacha is that you only have to light your, your menorah until half an hour after the Zaman Blocker, but there is one or two opinions who imply that you should light until the people in the street around you have stopped frequenting the public domain, which therefore means that you'd have to keep your lights lit right into the night. In his part of Yerushalayim, the time when the Briskorov lived there, the latest people walking around the streets was those who exited the cinema and came down the hill to catch a bus home. So he would leave his Hanukkah lights lit, until the cinema would close, so a little bit of a, a, a funny paradox here. This cinema, was, which was the controversial building in the context of from Orthodox Jewry in the area, they were fighting to remove it and fighting to stop it from being open on Shabbos, was actually used as a means to enable the Brisker to fulfill a strict chumrah of keeping his Hanukkah lights lit for a long period of time. But that's a chumrah which we do not keep, practically speaking. There may be some. Yichidim who do keep that, but we don't keep it because the ikkah halacha is that you only have to have it lit for half an hour after night. Once you prepare the menorah before the time of hadlaka, you should prepare it, have the oil in, and the wicks in, ready for hadlaka. Then you gather around the household, around the menorah, and you are going to make those brachas. The reason why you have to prepare beforehand is because you can't make a break between the brachas and the, and the actual lighting the menorah. so if you made the brachas and you're going to start preparing you're going to make a hefzik so you have to have everything prepared you have to gather everybody around so that they can all be, be yitzah with the mitzvah of the brachas because there's some mitzvahs that the bracha, some of the brachas everybody has to say even if the madlik has to say the bracha of the hadlaka but the brachas everybody has to say so everybody comes around together and the madlik, the person who's lighting the menorah will be motzi all the household with the brachas. Before you light, or as you're lighting the menorah, you have to have the intention to fulfill the mitzvah of Hanukkah. As we have a rule, mitzvah is shvikhus kavanah, and despite the fact that mitzvah is drabonon, but the evad, you can fulfill them without kavana, but lechat for sure, we need to have kavanah when, when we're carrying out a mitzvah, even a mitzvah drabonon. And therefore, one, as one stands there with the Light, ready to light, one should be Michavan, but I'm fulfilling a mitzvah Rabbonon, And then one can begin to make the brachas. All brachas and mitzvahs, have to be set standing. Lakhatkila need to be set standing. We make a broch on the Luluvaneshrak standing. Uh, we make a brocha on, on our talis and tefillin, standing. Uh, we don't make a brach in the sukkah, leish sukkah, a standing because the brach is leshe basukha, so therefore the meaning is to sit. But most birchas are set standing. And so too, the brach on the Chanukah menorah, because it's a birchas should be said ba'amida. You have to hold the shamash, well we'll come to, I'm calling it a shamash for the moment, but you hold the light that you're going to be using to light the rest of the candles from in your right hand, because all mitzvahs are fulfilled with your right hand. Somebody who's left-handed will hold in his left hand, because for him his left hand is his right hand, and therefore the mitzvahs have to be carried out with your right, whatever right is considered your right hand. That's how you 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 carry out the mitzvahs, and therefore you hold the shamash, or the the candle that you're using to light the rest of the, the lights in your right hand. Some people will amakri to use the shamash as the as the light that's going to light all the other lights, and they have a remiss for it, because it says in the pasuk. Vayizrach Loi Hashemesh, with Yaakov Ovinu, Vayizrach Loi Hashemesh. So Loi is Lamed Vav, there's 36 lights of Hanukkah lights that we light throughout the eight days of Hanukkah. If you fulfill the Mahadrin, Mahadrin, moving, increasing every single day is 36 lights. Vayizrach is a terminology of to make it shine. So you make the lamad Vav shine Hashemesh. The process is actually referring to the sun. But if you change the word Shemesh to shamash, you end up with a remedy here that the shamish is the item that should be used to enable the lamanvab lights to be lit. And therefore they're makvid and they're careful to use the shamish to light the rest of the menorah. Others do not worry about that. And they have no problem. And that's probably more, more of the custom not to use the shamish because particularly those people who have a oil shamish, it can't be used to light the other lights. Are very difficult. Uh, those who have nice posh with a, a little shamish stuck in the menorah, it's very hard sometimes to use a shamish. And so many people don't use a shamish, and there's absolutely no halacha that you need to. It's just a minic that some people have with a little, a very interesting remis. The bracha has to be made before you light the menorah because we have a rule that we always make a bracha over la All mitzvahs have to be said over la We've discussed this at length when we talked about the Mitzvah of making a bracha on nearest Shabbos, where there you have a problem. You have to light the candles before you say the bracha, because if you light the candles after, if you're going to say the bracha first, you've already accepted upon yourself Shabbos. And therefore we light the candles, but we don't, and then we make the bracha afterwards, but I don't have an overlast yosom. How can I fulfill my overlast yosom on my Shabbos candles? And that's why we light the candles, we cover our eyes, and we make the bracha, so that way we don't benefit from the candle free making the bracha, and then when we make the bracha, we then benefit, so there's an element of over We have the same problem when it comes to shaking lulav and esric. If we take the lulav and esric in our hands in the normal manner, then I've already fulfilled my mitzvah. If I make my bracha afterwards, I'm not making my bracha over pri- prior to lasyosom, the actual fulfilling and the doing of the mitzvah, the carrying out of the mitzvah. And therefore, what we do is, we take the esrach upside down, because you can't fulfill the mitzvah of dalad minim unless it's in its correct correct position, and that way we then make the bracha, and by making the bracha and then turning it around, we made the bracha over the and we fulfilled the criteria of making the bracha before the mitzvah if we leave the Lord of Anesra on the table that's too early, I can't make a bracha too early and so to here, I can't make the bracha before I've got the shamash in my hand because if I don't have the shamash in my hand, I don't have the light that I'm going to use to light the rest of the manoyah I am now too early what's known in the terminology of chazal over the over, it's Pre the prior of the carrying out of the mitzvah, it, the bracha has to be said just immediately before the carrying out of the mitzvah, and therefore I must have the shamash or the light in my hand. And I then, when I'm ready to light, I say a bracha of I make my bracha, and then I can light. That way I'm able to see. Us. The first night of Hanukkah we make three brachas. The first bracha is lahadlik Nes Hanukkah. The second bracha is She'asal Nisim La'Veseino We'll come back to the different, uh, terminologies of the brach in a moment. And the third broch is Shechion. There's a, an interesting remnant that the Sfarim tell us <laughs> with regards to the order of the brachas. Because when Cladishol were in the Midbar, and there was a Mageifo and Kushmroch said to Moshe make yourself a sarof, make a serpent and place it on a pole. The wording of the prosyg is Asselachos Saraf, Asselachos Saraf, Vesim Al-Neis, so there's a remnant here, which is make for yourself a burning. Saraf is a, a, a terminology of a fire. It literally means a serpent because a serpent's poison is like a fire. So that means first say the bracha on the fire, which is the bracha of Lahadlik Nesh Lachanaka. Then the oisai al put it on a banner. But it doesn't mean here, Banner, in the Remes, it means Simo say al Then after that, place that bracha on top of the bracha of Al-Hanisim. Then the apostle continues and says, Vero Oisai Vechai. And then Kladish will look at this serpent and they'll live. And in the context of the Remes, Vero Oisai Vechai, that's a bracha of Shechionu, which is a bracha on the fact that we are alive to merit and merit to be able to make and fulfill another mitzvah of Nech so the prosik seems to be a, a remes, aseluch the bracha on the srefa, the bracha on the hadlaka, the simay is the bracha on the nes, where eosay, the is the bracha on shechiona. And that's the order of the brachas, the hadloka, the and shechiona. The wording of the first bracha is controversial. And here again, we're back to controversy with regards to almost every aspect of mitzvah's nechanaka. And the first brach is Lahadlik ne Shalchanaka. That's the wording that you find in Chazal primarily. There are others who miss out the word Shal and they make a baruch, Lahadlik ne Chanaka. And then there's others who say Lahadlik ne Shalachanaka as one word. So we have either Lahadlik ne Shal as a separate word, then the word Chanaka or Lahadlik ne Chanaka without the word Shal. And then we have the Lahadlik ne Shalachanaka as a single word. Interestingly enough, in our shul, the nusach seems to be lahalik ne'esh When we light candles in the shul, in the Beshkinesis, the chazam will say the bracha which is the, one of the minhagim with regards to the, the wording of the bracha. Each person should use the wording that he has a Messiah for, that's his minig and his family, and there's no need to change because each one is correct, just three different minhagim. Somebody who's lit in the basicness, Knesset, and we light Hanukkah lights in the basic Knesset, but Hanukkah lights in the basic Knesset is not Hanukkah lights. Hanukkah lights has to be lit either at the, home, at the door of your home or the window of your home or inside your home. Lighting in the basic Knesset is not Hanukkah lights. But yet it was accepted custom historically in Klal to light in a shul, accepted to light and make broches in a shul, to be mefarsim, to express... Publicly, the nest of Chanukah in the forum of the Basic But it's a different context of Chanukah to that which we, we light at home. And therefore, even if you are the one that lit in Shul, you must go home and light the Chanukah lights. You cannot fulfill your mitzvah with the Hadlokis Chanukah in the Basic But if you were the one that made the brach in the Basic on the first night of Chanukah, so you said, Lahadik Nesha Chanukah, or in our Shul, Shalach Hanukah, you said, And you also said Shekhyonu. Now that Shekhyonu is on the mitzvah of Hadlachis Nevis. If you go home now and you're going to light your Chanukah lights, which are the real Chanukah lights, for sure you have to make another brach of the Haddik Chanukah. And you have to make another brach of Sheh But you shouldn't be making another brach of Shekhyonu unless there's other members of the household who haven't yet heard the brach of Shekhyonu, then you can make it on their behalf. But if you are going home and you're the only one lighting or everybody else in the home is lighting for themselves and going to be making their own brachas, then you should not repeat the brach of Shekhyonah, because the brach of Shekhyonah that you make in shul will be sufficient for the Shekhyonah on the mitzvah of your Hanukkah. Malaria. Second night of Hanukkah, we don't need to say Shekhyonah anymore, because we've said the Shekhyonah on the Yom Tov and the mitzvah of Hanukkah, and that's eight days of Hanukkah is eight days, but it's one Yom Tov of Hanukkah, one eight group of eight days of Hanukkah. And therefore, my at the beginning is sufficient, and I do not need to repeat the shecheyanu. However, I do need to repeat the bracha of lehadlik neir light, because each night that I light is a new mitzvah, and each light, each light that I, each night that I light needs its own new bracha, and therefore I have to say the bracha of lehadlik on the second night too. And the bracha of al-Nisim is also a new nest because every day that that pach of shemin that that little jug of oil filled up the menorah, was a new miracle, and that miracle needs to be. Expressed. And needs to be, had a bracha said on it. And therefore we'll say on the second night, two brachas. The bracha of Lahad Ignash and the bracha of Sha'asa Nisim Lavi the Yomin Maheim We may not talk between the lighting, between the bracha and the lighting of the candles. Because like with every mitzvah, and any bracha, if we talk between the bracha and the action that the bracha is on, then we've made a hefsuk, we've made a break between the bracha and the mitzvah. Therefore no talking should be said between unless it's something necessary for the lighting of the candle. So, for example, if you need matches because your candle went out, so you can say, please, can I have some matches? If you need more oil because you realize there's not enough oil in the menorah, can I have some more oil, please? That can be said if necessary, but only if necessary. But any other conversation cannot be had between the brachas and the hadlaka because that would constitute a hefsek in the Brocha. Most of Yisrael, and though some of you might think I'm being a bit partisan here, will light on the first night of Hanukkah the, the most right, the, the light on the extreme right. That means we set up our menorah, and we set up the first night, the menorah, the light will be on the right of the menorah. Second night, we will then add a light towards the left. Yeah, I hope it's all okay. I'm and, fine, thank you. And we will light. Okay, I hope the and only good news. Okay. Look after yours. Apologize about that. The second night you will, you will add an extra light on the left of that right one that you lit and you will light that first. Third night you will add another one to the left and light that one first and then move over towards the right. That's most of the Minerva Claudius role. There are the two other Minogami Claudius role and again, every aspect of Mrs. Nechaneke is controversial and diverse. Some people will start on the left and light the first night the, the light on the left. Second night, add one to the right of the left. But then there's a controversy there. Which one do you like first? Some will light the extreme left still first. And others will light the new one, the right one, and then move left. So some will light the left one and move right. And not light the, not light the, first, the, new, the new light as the first light. Others will light the new light as the first light. So we end up with three different minhagim. And again, each one should follow his minic and not change for any reason. But most people will light on the right and then move to the left, lighting the left and then moving to the right. Whichever light you are lighting that night, if you light for us, for example, the left-hand light, then you should be standing in front of the left-hand light because otherwise you're going to have a problem of Ein Mavir and Ein Mavir and you don't have to pass over a mitzvah. So you always move to is to be standing right in front of the light that you're going to be lighting first and in our case, in most of the cloud, it's the left hand light if you have the other man it'll be the right hand light etc etc after you've lit the first light you've lit the first light and you've got to hold it there until the majority of the wick that's protruding is lit you can't just light a tiny bit you, you keep the shamash there until the majority of the wick is lit once the majority of the liquor is wet, then you can remove the shamash from the light, and that's you've fulfilled your primary mitzvah. You then go on to light the other lights. Here again, we have another controversial discussion in Kali Do we say Haneris uh, Halal uh, then, before I finish lighting the other lights, or do we wait till we finish lighting all the lights? Two different Milhagim in Many people, as we do in Shul, will start Haneris Halal as soon as we finish lighting the first light. Others will only say Haneris when they finish lighting all the lights. As with every aspect of Hanukkah, it's there as controversial. It's controversial. After you finish lighting, there's a minute to sing Mois So. Mois So is uh, four or five stanzas of a song which goes through the Gollus of Klad It's a, a, a song of Heidov. Thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for taking us out of Mitzrayim, for redeeming us from the Golis of the 70 years in Bogel, but saving us from Haman, from the Greeks, etc. cetera, and Atfila and Abakosha to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And a request, please help us come out of the goles that we find ourselves in now so we should be able to reach the goles shaleim. some people have the minute to sit and look at the candles for half an hour many gudolim would sit and still sit and look at the, the candles for half an hour it's not halacha it's very nice and very spiritual and it has some spiritual connotations to it but it's not halachic if one needs to leave, one can leave once you've lit, the primary mitzvah has been fulfilled you do not need to worry about anything else if you're lighting with candles, particularly children's candles, you have to be very careful that they are separated and do not m- melt into a single block of 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 can- of wax because if that happens then you probably haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of nechanika and the, the little children's waniyas are very often very close together and the heat of the of the wax will melt the candles next to each other and slowly slowly they all just merges into one block of 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 wax. And and that would not be be considered fulfilling your your mitzvah of Mechanica. If a person didn't put enough oil in his menorah, or he lit in a place that the wind could easily blow it out, and the the menorah went out, then he's obligated to light again, and probably have to light again with a brocha. If, however, your candle went out, just, it was, everything was fine and it was lit normally and it went out within a half an hour, you do not need to relight it. Because once you've lit your candle, you've fulfilled your mitzvah. It's nice to relight and it's a chumrah to relight it, but you do not need to relight it. If you do relight it, you do not need to make another bracha. Not, you're not, you mustn't make another bracha. I just want to finish off with a few minhagim, which are relevant to women particularly. Uh, well, all of us, but some to women, with regards to the days of Hanukkah, because I'd like to be able to discuss these now before Hanukkah starts, and then we'll finish off with some other areas of, of Hilfah's Hanukkah, maybe erev Shabbos of Hanukkah, et etc., et cetera, and different halachas which are relevant to Hanukkah on the coming she in two weeks' time, on the Monday, the first night of Hanukkah, as I said, well, the, it will be the second night already. There is a minute that women do not do malacha. When the lights are lit. That means for the first half an hour after the hadloka's nares, women do not do malacha. The reason why they don't do malacha, malacha, is to make it visible that these lights are for Hanukkah, not for private use. If a person goes off and immediately does some malacha, then it seems to give the impression that these lights were just there to aid and help the malacha that's being done, to give us some light. So by not you doing any melacha, not just in front of the Hanukkah lights, but not doing any at all, then that gives the, a clear impression that these lights are lit for Hanukkah. It's not a halachah, it's only a minig. And the minig, again, is debatable. How far does it go? Some people say that it only means that one shouldn't sew or wash, etc., etc. Real household work shouldn't be done uh, for half an hour after Hanukkah lights, but cooking and frying your latkes and your donuts making supper, that's fine. That's not called malakha that we're referring to. Others say you shouldn't be doing any malakha at all for half an hour, not cooking, nothing for half an hour. So if you need to have latkes, you should make them before that lock is nearest. You going to have donuts, fry them before that lock is nearest. And that again is a, is a, a, a discussion and a dispute amongst the minhogg and Mekladi's Each person should follow his minog. If you don't have a minog, it's sufficient to be meant to, to not do the malakhas that are the, the primary malakhas in the home, household work, but cooking can be done. There is no mitzvah to have a suda on Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a day of l'hoid ois o It's different to Purim, where there's a mitzvah to have a suda in Purim. Hanukkah, there's no mitzvah to have a suda. And the reason is, because Hanukkah and Purim are fundamentally different, Hanukkah is a day where we were spiritually at risk, not physically at risk. If the Yisrael would have given into the Ivanim and followed their, their idols and, 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 and their way of life, then there would they, they wouldn't have been any muhammad, they wouldn't have fought, they wouldn't have destroyed Tlal it was a sp- very much a spiritual Gazeera. Purim was very much a physical Gazeera. Haman wanted to destroy Klai He wanted to annihilate us physically. So therefore, the way we celebrate it is different. We celebrate the spiritual Gazeera that we managed to overcome spiritually by a day of L'chaydois or L'halil, saying halal and giving thanks to HaKadosh through lighting the Menorah, etc. Purim, which was a thanks for the physical survival of Khalisrol is celebrated through the physical by having a suda. However, despite the fact that there is no real mitzvah to have a suda, there is very much a minig to have suda's Hanukkah. And the primary minig of suda's Hanukkah is to have a meal where you are able to say shiris of seshpachas, praises and songs to HaKadosh Barofu. That's the, the, the minig of having a meal on Hanukkah. It's brought down Halacha, the remote, there's a minute to eat cheese on Hanukkah, and a minute to eat fried, oily foods on Hanukkah. Cheese is to celebrate the story of Yehudas, who saved Kalisroel using the means of cheese and wine to get the general drunk, and that way she was able to kill him, and therefore save Kalisroel. And oil, of course, is to celebrate the nest of the Pachshem, the oil in the Menorah. There's another minute, and we'll finish off with that tonight, to give stokka on the days of Hanukkah. So minute to give stokka like we give on Purim. To give stock on Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a time where we give stoker and we try and unite Clodysrol through the concept of stoker, through enabling everybody to be together, everybody to be equal, giving everybody stoker. That way we unite Cladysrol. And when we unite Cladisrol, that is the greatest praise and hido we can give to Hakodosh Baruch, Hu, is that we all understand that we are born into we are children of Akhotish Baruch, Hu, and we have to care for each other and think about each other and be responsible for each other. And by doing that, we are celebrating the oneness and the uniqueness of, of a And together with the Hablochus narrus, together with the lighting of the candles that we're going to be doing in a, in a week and a half half, in, in just under two weeks, and the, all the shiris, of shishpachos, are going to be saying, the halal, and the hidor, and the moisu and the alanissim, and we'll discuss the halachos of alanissim, Hashem, in two weeks' time, because we haven't got time tonight, we'll be Hashem, to see that light of the Chanukah lights, expand to the, the revelation of the light of HaKadosh at the Be'es the end of all source in Klavisol, the end of all source in the world, B'karif, mamish Main and I've cordially invite you all to our chasna, which you have all had the invitation, I hope. And if you haven't, don't take it personally. We've just missed you out by mistake. But everybody should have had the invitation. We're looking forward to see everybody at the chasna Tuesday a week. We'd like to join the is all our family. We'd like everybody to join in as much as possible. We'd love all you to be at the dinner, but that's not just unfortunately physically possible. But If you can partake in the simcha, it will really mean a lot to us. I wish you all a good night, and we should only have simchas together. Thank you for listening.